0: Another world of it. Well, you know what that sound is. It's time for Arrowhead Pride Radio brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with the editor in chief of arrowheadpride.com, Mr. Pete Sweeney. Uh, you can forget the Mr. part, but Pete Sweeney and produced by
1: Chris Unocero. Good evening, Pete. Jay, you have a, a long week of a lot of radio. Where yeah. do, where does this hour rank in your week? Um, I I tell
0: everybody it's my favorite. You do, and I tell everybody that threads is my favorite.
1: You so yeah. one one of them you're lying. A, yeah, yeah.
0: i would let you figure out which one. I'm, but <laughs> I enjoy this stuff because we sit here and we talk chiefs. It's uh, the common denominator right there is
1: football. Yeah, if, we if there's football. any football talk, that's we talk that's gonna fall into your football. Favorite. We have yeah. an
0: hour full of fun. Chiefs-Bills, Chiefs-Broncos, look forward to, as always, Kent Swanson comes on with us to talk Chiefs offense. And Craig Stout, one of the best defensive film analysts out there uh, from ArrowheadPride.com, joins us to talk Chiefs defense. And the final segment, Pete and I will take your questions. 913-576-7610, the Smitty's Garage Burgers, and beer text line. So any questions you have, uh, Pete and I will dial it up at the end of the hour. But first, Pete... Last week, we talked about a loss, eye-opening loss to the Raiders, kind of unexplainable, but just like Tyron Matthews said after that game, and I'll never forget it, says back to the lab, back to the lab. He's always taking accountability as this team is, Pete, and they they write checks and they cash them. He says we need to play, but he says this after wins too, but he said it after loss. They were pretty upset what would happen to the Raiders, and you wouldn't expect that to happen against the Bills, and it didn't.
1: Yeah, and the Bills are a good team. It's not like they came in and were sub-500 or something. They were a 4-1 football team and needed the win, as bad as the Chiefs needed the win if they wanted to stay involved in that AFC bye-week conversation. You definitely saw improvement from the defense. Josh Allen, who was considered an MVP candidate, only had a 122 yards. September player of the month, Pete, in the AFC. Right, and that did not extend to October, mid-October, the second half of October, at all, because of some of what the Chiefs did. And and I like the fact on the offensive side of the football, they beat you in a new way. We always talk about the Legion of Zoom and how wide receivers can go over the top. Patrick Mahomes has this 85-yard arm within him. I know that was a topic of conversation headed into a game with Mahomes versus Allen. But running the football, man, really just an incredible game. And I was happy for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to have the game that he did considering the Chiefs bring Levy on Bell. And then Daryl Williams, who I think Bell's gonna take most of his snaps, he had the game winning touchdown. I don't know if it's being talked about enough, but he had the touchdown that got the Chiefs to twenty and the Bills scored seventeen. So congratulations to Darrell Williams and that. The Chiefs have a really strong running back room. Legion of Boom, am I right? I don't know if we want to go in that direction, but I I guess to some extent, right? The well, let's talk more about that. And we, we've seen the
0: Chiefs school get some great defensive minds, Pete. And I think Legion you, of Room. I, I just thought of it. Oh, the Legion of Vroom? That's well, a little bit better. Vroom. Okay.
1: I'm sorry that Legion I brought this back. And, uh, yeah. It was my mistake. Go ahead.
0: You need them in 4X, though. You need them, you know, big guys. Them. That's just, Yeah, no. Uh, big guys shouldn't uh, be wearing Legion of Zoom. They need Legion of Boom. You know what I'm saying? something mm. for the. The bigger Phyllis. But, mm, I regret my decision. Yeah, That's fine, Pete. But the Chiefs have gone against some of the best defensive minds out there. Gus Bradley uh, didn't make a good head coach, but let's face it. He was with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll uh, when the Seahawks were, were head the Legion of Doom. So let's put it that way. And he's in with the Chargers now, and I thought they had a good game plan against the Chiefs. Then they faced uh, Don Wheat Martindale from the Ravens with a different approach, a blitzing approach, but still a great defensive mind in the NFL. Then they saw Belichick, quite honestly, the best defensive mind in football, and Sean McDermott, who comes from that defensive background as well. So they've seen the best of the best. And I was making the point earlier that this might be Andy Reid's finest hour. I mean, not only was he a great offensive coordinator, but it's one thing when you're climbing the mountain and another thing when you're sitting on top of it and you have everybody throwing your best the best stuff at you, throwing the arrows, throwing the rocks, Be enemy read it, put their heads together, coming up with great plans. But it seems to me, we talk blueprint. Everybody's got a different version of how to beat
1: the chiefs. And we've seen that with some great defensive minds that the chiefs have played so far. Well, that was my point. I think in asking Patrick Mahomes, what I did this afternoon, the fact that, now the Chiefs have seen so many different looks, right? So by the time you get to the end of the season and to the playoffs, you're going to be prepared for anything. No matter what kind of look you're seeing, you're going to be ready to counteract that pretty quickly, and that's a beautiful part of the regular season. I, I think we all knew going into this regular season the Chiefs are going to be within the top seven. I understand there is an AFC buy. That's what they're gunning for, but they're they're definitely going to make the playoffs. And if you're even the second or third seed, and, and we're hoping for the best, but even if you're not the the bye week, you're going to be prepared for any scenario in the AFC playoffs. And you're going to have a good chance to, as we've been saying this entire year, it seems like, run it back.
0: But they're making adjustments. It's one thing I like about what Reed is doing with this offense. I mean, let's put it this way. Um, he's seeing the best of the best against different teams. I like it to have a Ferrari in your garage. And you know it's fast. You know it's gassed up but you can't go faster than 45 miles an hour with it. Hence, Pat Mahomes, Mm -hmm. they're taking away the deep throws. So you know what he does? He's got an offensive line that had Kilgore starting that both caught you and I by surprise. Even though Ryder has been on the injury report, he's been practicing Austin Ryder as. So then Rimmer starts at left guard for KO, and we kind of thought that. Then Mitch Schwartz goes out with the back because he appeared on the injury report. Yeah. On Saturday, there, there he is. Like, whoa. So, Rimmers had to move the right tackle. You had Allegretti come in and just play fantastic, the former seventh-round pick out of Illinois. But here's three new guys on the Mm. offensive line. And Andy Reid decided, hey, I'm going to
1: run the football for more yards than I ever have in Kansas City. Well, that was the thing that was most surprising to me, not the fact that the offensive line played well because I think they had it in them, but it was just all new faces. That is so rare. In the NFL, all of these offensive linemen they'll always talk about how important it is to establish chemistry and report to have success because you gotta know where the guy next to you is. I mean, this was a new left guard, a new center. You had a right tackle that was new to the position when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're right, they had the best game that you've seen so far this year by far. And it even made you question like Right tackle Mitch Schwartz, who is a multiple-time All-Pro. I'm not sure he's going to play this week anyway, but let's say he was healthy today, and he didn't miss practice on Wednesday. He did with the back injury, but let's say he was healthy. You'd almost be like, let's run those same five guys out there because they played that well. Like, that is the level. Allegretti
0: really shocked me because he was – Not only good, he was great. He had that holding call, which was bogus. Yeah. That was just a a great block on his part. And some of the former linemen that like to tweet out about linemen play, they love that play from Allegretti, and they themselves
1: who played the game said that wasn't holding. I think we were asking when Kelechi Semoli went down, who was going to replace him? This was the bread and butter of the offensive line this year. And the holes that Allegretti was making, why didn't we find this sooner? It's like the melted cheese or the leftover pizza in the back of the fridge. You're like, this has been here the entire time. I'm going to eat this and enjoy this on this Sunday. And I don't think Ella Grady should come out of the lineup anytime soon.
0: Yeah, it was looking good. The Chiefs running game. And the Chiefs had the – the Bills tried to play the game of possession, time of possession. They were working in the first quarter. They went on some long drives. But then the Chiefs flipped it and had the ball for 15 more minutes. And they were taking advantage of Buffalo being bad on third down. They, they were one of the worst teams, one of the three worst teams at, at third down defense. The Chiefs took advantage of that. But now they add a guy named Le'Veon Bell. You and I talked about it last week on the Le'Veon Bell episode of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Well, he wasn't yet a Chief at that point. Vic Fangio, the uh, head coach of the Denver Broncos, was asked about the Chiefs' running game now. And now the fact that they're adding Le'Veon Bell.
1: Well, it's always a big challenge. You know, And Clyde edwards or is a dual threat. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. We all know that Le'Veon Bell has been that his entire career, and Williams is a damn good back, too. So it's almost no matter who they put in there, it's a threat, you know, because this is an offense that uses the running back, both obviously in the running game and in the passing game. And all three of those guys, including Darwin Thompson, are are all capable of filling that role for them and doing it well. So very complimentary.
0: He was actually asked the question, uh, and he said the Chiefs offense is actually better this year because they've added that element of the run. that something he said. That you heard this. You were on the conference call. This is Le'Veon Bell and his fit on this offense. Then I want to ask you about it.
2: Question, question, um, you know, I'm not – it's not, you know, too much I can say about as to why it didn't work in New York. It just didn't work out, you know. And um, the fact that, uh, you know, it didn't, it kind of led me to the position I am here today. Um, and, you know, when I had the opportunity, um, you know, once I was, you know, a free agent, um, you know, talking to Coach Reed, um, just over in that course, it's like it was just kind of undeniable to come, try to come here, help this team. Um, you know, any ways that I can help them out. You know, um, you know, being an opportunity to play with Coach Reed is just gonna... yeah. I mean, um, obviously, when I when I decided to come here, I already knew you know the weapons, and it's only one football to kind of go around. So, um, you know, the time where I do get my opportunity, um, I think it's going to be a lot of opportunity um, to kind of show um, what I can do in some space. You know, running routes. Um, I think this offense is really fit for my, you know, my skill set. Um, I think Coach Reed um, does a good job of, you know, getting backs the ball in space, and um, I just, I'm glad I got this opportunity.
0: We talked about a lot about Le'Veon Bill last week and his fit in the Chiefs' offense, if that's the direction they go. Thursday they go out and sign him. Mm-hmm. But Le'Veon Bell's fit with this offense, Pete, what's it mean to you? He does mention Andy Reid a lot, so clearly Andy Reid had a lot to do with this move, and I'm sure Mahomes did too. Yeah, what's it mean for the Chiefs'
1: backfield, and when can we start expecting to see Le'Veon Bell? I think you're going to see him in some type of role this Sunday. I mean, you got to think about it. I I understand different positions, but the Chiefs were able to ready Matt Moore in a week's time when they needed to last year. I tend to think there's going to be some kind of role for Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if it's 10, 20 plays. I guess and he's
0: in football shape. Let's face it, you know.
1: I I. I just think the Chiefs are going to be able to get him ready for X amount of plays. I don't know what that is. I think it'll be more the following week against the New York Jets. God help their soul against Le'Veon Bell in that Please, game. Please, Adam
0: Gase, still be there.
1: But you have a, a scenario here where the Chiefs have a fresh running back, and either option, whether it be Edward Ziller or Bell, will get you similar result. The one thing we haven't seen from Edwards-Alaire yet is himself in space. I mean, we have not seen that. That is a huge part of his game. That's something that LSU utilized. Same thing with Bell that offers that. I mean, it can be patient and run between the tackles. I think the one thing I like that Bell can do that edwards Elaire has struggled with early seems to be some of these short yardage goal line situations. I think those are going to be situations where Bell is always the option there. And you like that, you know, Players are going to have their strengths, not to say that later on in his career, Edwards Alaire can can grow to be better than that, but I think that offers you that. And then you got a scenario where you can put them both on the field with three wide receivers, and that is just your speed lineup, and that is going to be dangerous with Patrick Mahomes because you could run the football. I think teams eventually with these two guys are going to have to end up stacking the box again. And then it's back to that legion of Zoom that we talked about. I don't know how you beat this Chiefs offense as long as they're able to adjust on the fly like they have, especially uh, last week.
0: And that was a warning sign. I mean, just like Vic was asked about it today, he's like, now you add the Chiefs running game. How do you defend them? And here's the thing, Pete. I think people are still going to try to stop Mahomes. That's, that's A number one, public enemy number one to opposing defenses. Limit the deep ball for Pat Mahomes. But you know how this works. If they're pounding the rock with Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, they're going to sneak up a box safety. They're going right. to be they're going to be they're going to want to stop the running game so much cuz of time of possession. But the minute they do that, Pat Mahomes will audible into it and then all of a sudden 50 yards down the field is Tyreek Hill. The
1: problem is they're giving Mahomes reps here and his vision is just so good and he has a lot of these option plays, RPOs where he can run or pass and the idea like We know Patrick Mahomes wants to chuck the ball down the field. The fact that he had all these options against the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs ended up running it 46 times tells you that he has grown from maybe what we saw in 18 to this guy who really just wants to win the football game. And if he sees that there's room to run and he's willing to hand it off and then teams have to adjust for that and then all of a sudden Tyreek Hill breaks free downfield, This is going to be a tough team to beat, remains a tough team to beat, and that's why the Chiefs are so fun to watch.
0: The one thing, too, speaking of Mahomes, I love the patience. Remember Brett Favre? Yes, he had the touchdown record for a while, but he has the most interceptions ever as well. Brett Favre was getting down-the-field coverage a lot like Mahomes is because he threw the ball downfield. Mm -hmm. But one thing Favre did was force it. He forced it. It's why all the interception numbers are there. We haven't seen Mahomes become impatient, saying, well, I'm still going to throw the football downfield. He just hasn't done it.
1: He's been extremely patient, not turning the football over. Yeah, I mean, there were moments, I thought, against Las Vegas, but the Chiefs, which was impressive, had played well until that game, had a bad game, and then responded really well, and that was from the quarterback down, and the fact that, I think they got punched in the mouth by Vegas is maybe a good thing because you just saw how efficient they were last game. And sometimes I think you you unfortunately need that reminder. And I like how they responded. And now you're entering a another important game, of course, AFC West, a team that wants to gain confidence by beating you. But if you get through that, I mean, you got the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers, and then you have a bye week. We know Andy Reid off the bye You got a Raiders game coming up after that with the Raiders having had a victory lap around Arrowhead stadium, you know, that that made it to the players. And so I like the way the schedule sort of goes after this game against the Broncos, but you got to take care of business. And I think the chiefs will be ready for it. They, they were they. They've become a more scary team after how they won against the Buffalo Bills. I'm with you. Give me some 22
0: personnel, two backs, two tight ends, and a receiver. Give me the power formation. But I think we're both in agreeance. It's Daryl Williams that's going to see a lot of time cut, yes. rather than see. He's the
1: biggest loser of this addition by Bell, and it's a shame because I think Daryl had his moments. I mean, he's just not as talented as these other the two guys. He's an before, LSU he
0: backfielder for a while.
1: Yeah, I and and I think he has shown enough to have a job in this league. You know, if if say for example in a scenario where the Chiefs ended up keeping Bell next year with Edwards-Laird, it's not like Daryl's going to be out of a job. It's just the top two talented backs are Clyde and Livia. That's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, the editor in chief,
0: ArrowheadPride.com. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Coming up next, we take a look at the Chiefs' offense. What they did against the Bills and what to expect against the Denver Broncos with Kent Swanson from Arrowhead Pride. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. About to join us now, Kent Swanson at Kent underscore Swanson. That's right. Puts together one of the best draft guides. In the entire world, so one much so best. one th- of the best. James, come best. on! So, so much so that I think the Raiders really looked at it when it came to that Cleveland Feral pick uh, last year. As a matter of fact, Mayock, I'm pretty sure, reads the Arrowhead Pride uh, draft guide. But of course, he does that with Matt Lane and, and, and Craig Stout, to name a few. But he talks Chiefs offense, defense, whatever you want him to talk about. But on this show, we talk offense. What's up, Kent?
3: Jay, you know, I always appreciate a good plug for the KC draft guide that will be available for pre-sale uh, in February. Um, I really genuinely appreciate
0: it. I'm a big fan of it, pe- I'm a big of fan of it, Ken. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, February.
1: <laughs> good Valentine's Day. I look yeah. forward
0: to that draft guide. Trust me, I, I do enjoy that. But we talk offense for the Chiefs. Of course, you can talk defense. You can talk whatever. But you really break down the Chiefs' offense. And I have to ask you this. Just a different style than we've seen, Kent, uh, we're used to – you know, airing it out. Uh, they haven't been able to do that lately. They're finding other ways to win, and this time was the complete opposite. More football that I like—the ground and pound style—that <laughs> beat the Bills and not the aerial attack.
3: Yeah, unless your favorite Chiefs player is Lynn Dawson, this has been a pretty boring kind of offense for the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Ah, a lot. beauty's in the eye of the beholder, oh. Kent. A lot of a lot a lot of a lot of people that miss Marty Ball probably enjoying it. Maybe wish it wasn't out of the shotgun, but they're running the ball they're they're running it with uh, with a lot of ability and, and you know what, frankly, I I'm enjoying it too. Like obviously I think this this offense sounds a little bit more bo- bo- boring, but like it, it's still enjoyable to watch them impose their will especially this group that you saw against the Buffalo Bills, the interior of that offensive line, really moving some people off the line of scrimmage with a lot of success. It was an enjoyable game to watch for different reasons than we're used to with the best player in the world at quarterback. Uh,
1: a lot of times I, I think you go into something and, and you say, man, I've had enough candy. I need to eat regular food. We need some, some steak and vegetables. I think that's what we got. How surprised were you, Kent, that this ragtag offensive line had the game that they did?
3: yeah I, I was a little surprised for sure because you know anytime that you lose your starting right tackle who's been all world for the last few seasons uh granted maybe not this year, but anytime you lose him early in the game and you're you're forced to mix things up you're you're forced to put your left guard to right tackle uh and then bring in a fresh left guard and oh by the way, you switched out your centers that week time that's happening you you're not really optimistic about you know the results, but man. I mean, what this group did was so impressive, even though it was against light boxes. This was mm-hmm. six, six in the box. The linebackers were playing way off. They were inviting the run game, undoubtedly. You still got to be pretty impressed with this group and what they were able to do. And you just want to, I think they've earned the right to see what, what it looks like moving forward. I think they've earned the opportunity to, for this group to go out there, maybe Mitch Schwartz, if he's available, mm-hmm. come back and replace Remmers. But I think if you saw that interior offensive of line operate, you've got to keep rolling with him and see what happens.
0: Kent, one of the things that uh, I had told Pete about that I really like seeing, and that's Mahomes not really caring about the stats so much. I mentioned Brett Favre. Brett Favre ended up the fourth most touchdown passes in the NFL. Of course, Manning, Breed and Breeze have beaten that, but he still holds the record for most interceptions. Brett Favre became impatient at times the way teams were covering him downfield, and he just threw it anyway. Pat Mahomes isn't taking those chances from the quarterback position. He's looking at what the defense is giving him, and if it's underneath stuff, if it's handing the ball off, he's perfectly fine with
3: it, not forcing the ball like Brett Favre did. I think it's a little bit different than Favre, but I think there's some truth to what you're saying. The, the, way, that, that she, the way that defenses are playing Patrick Mahomes is to give up. Like, that is really what is happening. They are just saying, you know what, we're just going gonna to do everything we can to keep you from doing the things that you're better than anyone in the world at, and we're just going to let you have six yards of play, seven yards of play. We're going to let you throw that hit mm-hmm. run to Demarcus Robinson anytime you want it. We're going to let you run the ball anytime you want it, and we're going to just pray to God that something good happens in the red zone. Maybe we can hold you to a field goal. Maybe you turn the ball over. Maybe you slow down and you stall on four, on fourth and one and something like that happens. That is really what defenses have kind of done. And the Bills did it more than anybody. Just real, real passive defense. Um, so it's it, it good to see Mahomes being content to hand the ball off, to throw that hitch to, to DeMarcus Robinson. The only thing I will disagree with you being, I don't think it's been very easy, and I don't think it's always been the case that he's done that. I still think there's some times where he's been very impatient because defenses just aren't letting him do what he's the best in the world at doing. It's really wild to see how resigned teams are to just kind of giving up five, six yards a clip because they don't want to give up the big play. I think Mahomes is getting bored a little, bit and a little bit. impatient, And I think it's going to be him fighting that impatience for large stretches of the season.
1: 466 total net yards against the Buffalo Bills. Of course, only 225 yards were passing. But Ken, I got to tell you, in the middle of the night last night, I got a little thirsty. Went to get some milk, and who was on the carton? But McColl Hardman. I, I, it's lost. I, where <laughs> well, was Pete's he? got jokes? Where was he in this game? I, I didn't, I didn't hear from him. Didn't see him.
3: You know, it's really surprising that this week you didn't see much of McColl Hardman. I was very surprised. I thought they would try to get him involved in a little bit different way because Sandy Watkins. Maybe a few more manufactured touches. Maybe some flip screens and some stuff behind the line of scrimmage to try to get the ball in his hands. And what happened was he he didn't do much of that at all. He didn't do any of that. You saw him on some jet sweeps, or some some jet motions, that is. You saw him run vertically down the field, but that was it. He was not an active piece of his offense this week. He wasn't really targeted all too much in the one target that he had. Was a, one of the worst drops you could have in the middle of the field with the ball tipping up in the air—a near interception for, for Patrick Mahomes. It was really surprising to not see McCole Hardman be part of this, you know, game plan or, or really get opportunities in a game that you thought. I thought personally, I thought this was one of those games that you saw him pop one of them. A lot of zone coverages, you know, Billy just stretched down the field. Maybe the weather kind of affected that a little bit. But I do not a positive sign that McCall Arvin wasn't able to do more in this game. You saw Byron Kringle. You saw DeMarcus Robbins have really good games. McCall Arvin was not the beneficiary of the of the loss of snaps with Stanley Watkins.
1: I think we all were figuring that he would pop in this game. We've talked a lot about this 26-17 win over the Buffalo Bills. want to give you an opportunity to talk about the next opponent, Denver Broncos, AFC West matchup. What are you expecting from the offense in this one?
3: Well, it's going to be fascinating. The, the, the Broncos have a good run defense, so they do make some things difficult on you there. Um, so I think that could be potentially a challenge. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Le'Veon Bell too. There's there's more factors being thrown into the mix here. I think you know you're going to see a little bit of him this week. Curious to see what kind of packages they have for him in place immediately. Does he get on third downs immediately? Mm-hmm. Um, But I I think you're going to see a team content to let the Chiefs run the ball a little bit more than you'd like. Um, you kind of heard Vic Fangio talking today about how he thinks this is a better offense this year because they can run the football. There is a lot more headaches that this team presents. You're going to have to just keep picking your poison. Um, I think they're going to pick the poison of just letting letting the ball get out of Patrick Mahomes' hands and into a rookie running back.
0: Kent, you mentioned the fact about this uh, run defense that is where they're best at, 13th in the league. Total defense, they're 15th, the Chiefs 16th, and they played a fine game uh, against the Patriots and Cam Newton forcing two interceptions last week. Bradley Chubb has three and a half sacks the last two weeks. When you think about Denver and Fangio, he had a ton of respect for the Chiefs' running game now and said, yes, he is considering that. But their pass defense is the worst part of their, their defense, or their 20th in the NFL. Will this be a different style of game than we've seen, or is Vic Fangio going to borrow a page from the Chargers Raiders or from the Patriots we saw this this year?
3: Well, I think, I think they're going to devote resources to stopping the pass. And I think because of what you just said with the poorest pass defense, they need to make sure that they've got enough resources, enough space uh, to kind of keep things from getting explosive on the back end of that defense. So I think you're gonna see. You know, the, the funny thing is, I think it's not like it's not like the Bills are the only team to play the Chiefs with light boxes and sell out to stop the pass. That's been almost every team. The Chiefs executed at a high level against the Bills, um, but all these teams are doing very similar things as far as you know how they're approaching the you game, know, obviously schematically with coverages. And what they're doing there, I think there's some differences, but I do think largely teams are the, the philosophy is we're gonna we're content with them running the football. Let's see if they can do it. The Chiefs have been bad running the football against light boxes a couple times this season, so I think the formula is the same thing that a lot of these teams are doing. It's just going to be a different approach and how they do it. You're going to see light boxes. They're going to do everything to stop, take away the explosive pass plays, and the Chiefs are going to have to beat them, um, you know, and execute in the red zone.
0: Well, thanks for that. That's uh, Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com at Kent underscore Swanson with a look at the Chiefs' offense. Thanks a lot, Kent. Anytime, my friend. There you go, Kent Swanson right there. Time to turn our attention towards the defensive side of the ball, what worked well against the Bills and what's going to work well against the Broncos. We'll talk to Craig Stout, defensive film analyst Mm. at ArrowheadPride.com next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the
1: Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with Editor-in-Chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Chris Unocero, producing the operation. Well, we took a look at the offense with Kent Swanson. Now it's time to turn our attention to that Chiefs defense that really stepped up with Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, ArrowheadPride.com, at BarleyHop on Twitter. And Craig, you must have been a lot more pleased what you saw in the Bills game than our discussion last week about that Raiders game.
4: Oh, absolutely. This was a <laughs> night and day different performance from the Chiefs defense. Very, very pleased with the intensity, the aggression, the overall output. It, it was good this week.
0: You know what, Craig? What do you think the biggest difference was? Obviously, the Chiefs held the ball for almost a quarter more than the Bills did. We saw great upfront pressure from Chris Jones. Uh, I thought the linebackers looked good at times, and I love the safety play for the Chiefs. Where can you kind of pinpoint which part of that defense excelled the most? I, I think
4: that Spagnolo actually had a great game plan. We know that the Bills want to get out and throw vertical, especially with John Ross on the field, Stephon Diggs on the field. They've got some burners out there that they can really rely on to track the ball vertically. Steve Spagnolo came out and had seven blitzes in the first 10 passing attempts, and he got six pressures in the first 10 mm. passing attempts. Josh Allen was rattled after that. He just couldn't get himself back on track until late in the fourth quarter because Spagnuolo had that pressure ratcheted up, kind of had to have eyes in the back of his head. And then, yeah, like you said, Chris Jones was a monster. The defensive line really turned it around after a very, very quiet Raiders game. They stepped up in a huge way and were a problem all day long. And that just didn't allow the Bills' offense to ever get comfortable in this game.
1: Were you, your feelings on the secondary in this game, Craig, did you have a little give and take given the fact that there was a little bit of grabbiness where you did see some penalties, but all in all, it was a good effort by the secondary?
4: Yes, I, I think that that's exactly the way that I feel here. If that's a different officiating crew, mm-hmm. I'm not sure this game is close. I, I just know that this officiating crew was calling a very tight game and the Chiefs didn't adjust. I'm not trying to say that those were penalties, but you are going to get a lot of other crews that are going to allow the kind of bump and run. Hey, Craig, it looked like Diggs was
0: pushing off the middle a few times.
4: Oh, man. Now, don't, you're trying to get me all riled up. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah. Grounding? you got to get me talking about the intentional grounding they didn't call either. <laughs> I just think that there was a lot of stuff that a lot of crews let go. And Traverius Ward and Bashad Breeland played the way that they did. I felt like both of them played a good game and got kind of picked on by this by this crew. If it's a different crew, this game is not close I do at want- all. Because the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills only had 200 yards of total <laughs> offense and had two touchdown drives extended by penalty. I just... Yeah, I'm fired
1: up now. You got me going. Oh, yeah, I can tell, Craig. I do want to ask you this because it's been on my mind, and I was when some of these penalties were getting thrown, and I can't even believe I'm saying it. Like, if I would have said to myself in the summer, you're going to be saying this, you're going to be like, well, Pete, what are you talking about? But how much do you think the Chiefs are missing LeJarius Sneed to some extent right now?
4: I mean, I think that they're really missing it. Legereus Speed is by far the fastest cornerback on this roster, and he might already have the best ball skills of any cornerback on this roster. So a matchup like this with John Brown, with Stephon Diggs, guys that are going to try and attack vertically, they probably would have left Legereus Speed a little bit more on an island, trusting that his speed was going to be able to make up for anything they had going on there. So, yeah, this is not the best matchup for Traverius Ward, and it's not the best matchup for Bashad Breland. That's why they had to play so physical. That's why you saw them jamming at the line, so grabby on the turns, things like that, that they typically get away with, and the refs typically swallow their whistle on. That's what you have to do when you are at a speed disadvantage. A guy like Nigeria's Speed... Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does have the fist fastest like play in speed. the next-gen stats. Right? yeah, uh, Craig...
4: Yeah. He can run. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's turn our attention out west with the Denver Broncos. This defense has been playing well, but their offense has not. 32nd in the league in total offense. Run offense, 25th. Pass offense, 27th. I will say this. Drew Locke has started three games. Didn't play much that Pittsburgh game, but he beat the Patriots. They lost by five to the Steelers. They lost by two to the Tennessee Titans. They had to kick six field goals against the Patriots, but there seems to be a little more confidence with Drew Locke at the quarterback, and Pat Shermer doesn't mind giving him the keys of the offense to throw deep.
3: That's absolutely going to be
0: the case. It's going to be
3: another
4: one of those games where the Chiefs are really going to have to pay attention to the vertical threats that are out there for the Broncos. Luckily for the Chiefs, they don't have to go up against Cortland Sutton, who is an absolute monster of a receiver. But Drew Locke has good vertical touch. He knows how to run this offense well. And they've got, now that Melvin Gordon may or may not play, I just feel like that offense runs so much better when it's Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. They just had this nice two-headed monster back there. They can kind of run to the edges, which is where the Chiefs' defense has been susceptible. I don't think this is a gimme by any means. I think that with Drew Locke under center, Jerry Judy coming into a little more, and even Tim Patrick, who had really come on late, I just feel like this is going to be a closer game than maybe it looks on paper.
1: We could even see the return of Noah Fant in this game. What kind of challenge does he bring to the table?
4: Uh, I mean, he's going to match up against probably a chief safety unless he's kicking out to the boundary. And then you might see a guy like Traverius Ward match up against him. He's just got good movement skills. You know, he's like a little miniature Travis Kelsey. He's just kind of a matchup (laughs) nightmare no matter who he goes up against. He's got vertical speed. He can run good routes. And he's a big-bodied guy that can kind of shield cornerbacks and play to the catch point. He's just a really good receiver, and I think that that's a net positive, obviously, for that offense if he's out there and healthy.
0: And the one thing, too, we might see 12 personnel with the Broncos Mm. utilizing that that double tight with Noah Fant, but also that connection Alberto has with Drew Locke going back to Missouri. He did drop a huge pass in that Patriots game in the end zone that he threw, but we could see some double tights uh, with Denver. Yeah,
4: we absolutely can. And I think that when they do go with those double tight looks, especially with those two guys, Fant and Albert O, guys that are a little bit more movement-based and not as heavy blockers, you might see Steve Spagnuolo rely more on his dime. Against the Buffalo Bills, when they went two backs, they had a pass tell that Steve Spagnuolo, with certain personnel, would match up with dime. I would expect if they go with those two movement tight ends, you might see more dime. I don't know how much we're going to see Willie Gay and the base defense again this week. It remains to be seen, but I do think that we're going to see a lot of different looks from Shermer and that Broncos offense. I just think that Spagnuolo is probably going to try and keep light personnel on the field.
1: Hey, Didn't did, did mean to get you so riled up, Craig. <laughs> hate to be the one. Hate to be the one to say this, but uh, the Chiefs are playing Bank's favorite player this week in in drew Locke. Stop it stop it Pete. he does offer some stop problems it, from Pete. time stop, to time stop, what's stop, the best stop. way do you find craig for the chiefs defense to handle this guy who has shown a knack for getting around the pocket and and moving on his feet a couple times
4: i listen garrett bowles has been a lot better for the broncos this year i think that he was kind of the whipping boy for a long time but he has really made strides. the rest of that offensive line is not good. And they're full of backups. They are depleted. Frankly, the way you get to Drew Locke is you cave in the pocket on him. You make him question the protection all day long, just like any quarterback. But especially with this Broncos depleted offensive line, he's already going to be on high alert because of the trust level that he's got in the other four positions there. If Chris Jones has the kind of day that he had against Buffalo where he just beat the crap out of Cody Ford all day long, I think that you've got the potential for Drew Locke to get rattled early, much like we saw Josh Allen start missing some of these open throws. And obviously the Denver Broncos defense isn't going to be the same as the Buffalo Bills defense. I think that we could see Mahomes and company light up the scoreboard.
0: Well, I don't know if you know this or not, Pete, but I had Craig on last weekend and he made smoked fried chicken.
1: I always do. And I credit that for the Bills win. I always do say when it comes to Craig, you can't hassle the hop. And no, no, uh, there's no. no doubt about that.
0: No, Craig, uh, Craig Hello. Stout, defensive film analyst, arrowheadpride.com, at barleyhop on Twitter. Craig, it's always a tremendous pleasure. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, take care. Hey, he's As, a man of many there's talents.
1: There's reason we call him the Renaissance, man. You know Makes I
0: mean? beard, chef, yeah. knows defense, yeah. like anything, he's unbelievable. By he, the way. He's
1: layered like an onion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a renaissance, like you said. Yeah, it's exactly a good term. 913-576-7610 is our text line, brought to you by Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. You have a question for Pete and Arrowhead Pride. Let us know that next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Editor in Chief Pete Sweeney with us. I'm Jay Binkley, Chris and Sarah producing. Shout out New York uh, Chiefs Kingdom. They like to tweet from New York. Uh, they love it. Text in. Yep. They tweet all over the place. A couple questions before we dive into the listener questions, Pete. Yeah. You and I have had a lot of discussions. Plenty about tough. Yeah, a lot of them. But uh, toughest road games for the Chiefs or toughest games? Because when the schedule comes out, you know, you and I like having schedule release party shows. We've done that before. Pizza, Eat, yeah, pizza, you know, in here. pizza and beer, you name it. But uh, we talk about W's and L's. And the two games that concerned me the most, and I believe you as well, was at Baltimore and at Buffalo. Of course, we thought there was going to be full stadiums worth of fans, which is makes a difference. right? And the fact we thought Buffalo was going to be on Thursday in a short week instead of the Chiefs having that extra day than the Buffalo Bills. But regardless, they get W's. When we thought they might be the toughest games of the year,
1: yeah, and I think the Chiefs were bailed out a little bit because they actually had more rest technically than Buffalo. Not technically, actually, uh, you know, the two days no, and it's fact. Pete. Bills Mafia was not in attendance. Yeah, and they weren't lighting themselves on fire. And there is a certain toughness, I think, especially now that the Bills are up and coming and they're good and they finally have a quarterback. And how juiced that place would have been, and it. And it just didn't have it, you know, and, and it was a rainy night. Felt like Josh Allen was off all night. Not to make excuses, I, a lot of people think that he can be as good as Patrick Mahomes, but I think we sh- we saw how that game went, and now the schedule opens up. I think the only two games that really give you pause that are left are Tampa and maybe New Orleans They're after the bye week. If you can just get sure. through the Broncos, every division game is something you can't overlook. I think we learned that two weeks ago, but... Yeah, I think the tough part of the schedule, the the stretch of death, so to speak, is over with. We need Johnny Gomes to make a speech. Chiefs
0: played the MVP, beat him in Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. And Josh Allen was the uh, darling of the NFL, the AFC Player of the Month. And both of them, 122 from Josh Allen, 97 from Lamar Jackson. They didn't exactly step up to the challenge
1: of Pat Mahomes. No, and I I tend to think that... Patrick. There you go. I tend to think that Drew Locke actually may be better than those guys in the long run. I mean, I guess we we will see. And I I do think that this is a matchup this weekend that we shouldn't overlook. I I just think the Broncos really want this. I know they've lost nine in a row. They've started talking about that. They're getting a lot of these reinforcements back. It should be an interesting game. I I will pick the Chiefs in this one, but I I think it is going to be a good matchup. Nine straight, the Chiefs have beaten the Broncos. Let's go to the uh,
0: text line now. Questions for Pete. Mm. This one from the two one six. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, is that in Kentucky? I can't exactly remember. But this show's big in Kentucky, by the way. Right uh, from the two one six. What's up with Butker in the midst of extra points? He's missed four of them this year, by the way. Do you think? Uh, and do you think Mitchell Schwartz is going to be hurt, hurt the whole year? So a two part question.
1: Well, the back is tricky. We don't really know exactly what's going on. I thought it was interesting that it popped up last week. That tends to make you think that it happened either during the Friday practice or maybe late Thursday or something like that, and he tried to play through it. I, I do tend to think he's going to miss the first start in what was like a nine-year career. I, I don't think he'll play this week. Uh, usually when they – Start the week not practicing on Wednesday. It's not a good sign. We'll see how it goes on Thursday. But if there's no practice on Thursday, you could bet that Schwartz will be out for at least a little bit as that back calms down, as Andy Reid would like to say. And then the other part of it was Butker. Dave Tobe was asked about some of the struggles. And at first, it seemed like he was juiced up for the matchup. And I mean, against he hits the field goals <laughs> against the Baltimore. Right. He hits the field goals. It. it I, we'll get... Tobe again tomorrow, the special teams coordinator, but I, I tend to think it's a miscommunication or something going wrong with the new holder and Tommy Townsend, and as soon as you get that worked out, he'll be good to go. Laces out. But, yeah, it it is becoming a pattern, and that's always when you get a little bit worried because eventually the game is going to come down to an extra point or a field goal. We saw that happen over the weekend with the Houston Texans, so you got to make sure you correct that as soon as possible.
0: All right, let's go back to the text line. From the 347, I'm a friend targeting guy. That's irrelevant there. That's not even a question uh, from (laughs) New York there. Here's the next one from the 785. Who plays uh, third-string running back?
1: Is it going to be Daryl, Darwin, or DeAndre getting their chance? If there's such a thing as a third-string hot hand, I think you have Daryl and Darwin in that mix, right? So you have an opportunity for the third-string back when it comes up, and if they perform well, I think they're staying in the game. I think Daryl probably is trending to get that first crack. But the Chiefs, if you notice, they have still given every so often Darwin some carries. I think they like him. I think they like the player, Dillon McCullough, who we will speak with again tomorrow, uh, really likes Darwin Thompson. I think So I think that's why you still see him in the mix. Three
0: four seven. Uh, what's Pete's wardrobe look like tonight? He's a got a plaid sweatsuit. shirt on. Of course, yeah,
1: so, plaid shirt. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's got that going on there. Um, here's another one. How about my Iowa boy, Anthony Hitchens? Go Hawks! From the five six three. First of all, thanks for listening there. Anthony Hitchens is quietly putting together a solid season. He's doing some thumping out there.
1: Yeah, I think there were some struggles at the beginning, and, and he's taken a lot of heat and and sometimes is the butt of Chiefs fans' jokes, but I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit, and he had a lot of pride at this offseason. He said that they, they really wanted to be better, especially against the run. I think you're starting to see that, and I, I really think on the other side of it, against the pass, the Chiefs are quietly one of the better teams in the league at preventing these uh, skill position players that are supposedly good from having big games against them.
0: And also uh, another one here from the eight one six. Will the Chiefs continue their dominance now They got that one AFC West loss against the Raiders? Remember, they've beaten the Chargers 12-13, of 13, beaten the Broncos nine straight times. The Raiders was the blemish. They had beaten them nine out of ten times, and the Broncos haven't beat us since Peyton Manning. I say us. Uh, so I don't have a mouse in my pocket. The Chiefs, they haven't beaten them. Or will the Chiefs go unscathed through the AFC West now?
1: I think they get for sure to f- to the fourth win, as you can see from every week with the Raiders and even the Bills, and now you're starting to hear the Denver Broncos talking about it, you have Drew Locke saying something about being Darth Vader. There is that target on your back thing, and I think the AFC West is up and coming. I don't think the Raiders beat them again, but I could see the Broncos maybe taking one of the two. But gotta believe in Andy Reid. It's been dominating the division. Hard to get, hard to bet against that.
0: Well, I wish we could answer this question from Kramer. Why couldn't Pat beat Derek Carr? Well, that was 80 degree Derek Carr, Kramer. Not uh, 40 degrees. Make sure part. you
1: unfollow Kramer on Twitter. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. The, Kramer, thing. Kramer that's the thing, thing so everybody's doing hit right Hit the now.
0: unfollow button. That's what I'm doing. By the way, it's going to be 70 degrees in Denver Saturday. 23 is a high temperature on Sunday. That is quite a difference. Pete, it's always been enjoyable doing Arrowhead Pride Radio. Love with you. it, man. Love hearing from Kent Swanson and Craig Stout. Remember, keep those questions uh, coming through to us, and we'll get to them uh, as much as time allows. No Broncos jersey this week. I know you like to wear that lock jersey on Sunday. Stop it, Pete. Stop it. Cut his mic. Arrowhead Pride Radio is done for the night. Big at night. Next.